What's up, everybody? It's Steve from Chicago's Bravest Stories Podcast. This holiday season, me and the crew have really gotten in the spirit, and that's why we're teaming up with the Yard Foundation to help bring a little joy to kids who are sick and stuck in the hospital this holiday season. We've decided to throw an ugly sweater party at the Emerald Isle in the, on Chicago's northwest side. On December 2nd, from 7.30 to 10.30 p.m., 60 bucks online at the podcast shop or $65 cash at the door. And you can come and join us for three hours of drinks, fun, and some appetizers and stuff like that. Uh, we're raising money uh, to help buy toys for sick kids who, you know, they're stuck in the hospital. They got nothing to do this holiday season. And we're going to bring them just a little bit of tiny joy, hopefully. Um, I know in my past experience with my family, uh, we've been recipients of many gifts from many different people, including the Yard Foundation and Hitting It Hard from the Yard. And they've always stepped up to help people uh, who are really in need. So we're giving back. My family and my family here at the podcast are giving back. And we're going to have a party. So December 2nd at the Emerald Isle on Chicago's northwest side, 6686 North Northwest Highway uh, from 7.30 to 10.30 p.m. Again, you can buy your ticket online at the podcast shop, 60 bucks right there, or $65 cash at the door. Uh, and all the proceeds from that event, from our Ugly Sweater Party, uh, will go towards buying sick kids some toys. So buy a ticket, be there, and let's have some fun. See you later, guys. This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Sports and Ortho. If you're a city employee and you get hurt, you have the option to request Sports and Ortho when you're being assigned some physical therapy, right? Yeah, absolutely. We can always choose us. We're on the city plan, so if you want to come to us, we are happy to see you. Yeah, you're, you're not locked into whoever they send you to. You can always make a request to go to a better facility if you'd like. And Sports and Ortho is a good alternative. We think so. you're not supposed to look at it. Okay, that's weird. What do I do with my hands? What do you do with my hands? hands? So we're recording. You got to talk in the microphone. Yes, sir. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, we're finally here. Yeah. This is a redo. This is a three times a charm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what year were we supposed to do this? Three, three years ago, right? No, 2020. 2020? That's I it? I think, right? It seems so long ago that we were supposed to put this together. 2020. And <clears throat> then we we settled for just the Mike Manchester. Oh, no, no. Episode. You're right. It was 2019. And then he was, I, I wasn't able to, and then yeah. he was, and he, you know. And then we were like, fuck it. Let's just do a Mike Manchester one. It was, you I know, mean, I'm okay a show-stopping <laughs> performance. I'm a one-man band. Well, in in Jenny's absence, like, we appreciate because that was pretty early. We were in that old studio, and... We just started pounding beers. Yeah, we started across the street. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then we poured it out of that down, bar, and then it went downhill into there. the doors there. And yeah, it was good. But <laughs> a lot of people, 
have come up to me. Hang on, let me make sure my phone's off. Had talked to me about your episode in particular. When we, we started talking about your first fire, you were talking about what your dad had told you. You walked up those stairs and you're like, my dad told me to take my helmet off. Ear to the floor. Ear to the floor. Mm-hmm. Look down and you're able to make a grab that day, right? Yeah. So people love that story. So even though it didn't work out the way, it was it was great. And when I tell people that story, I'm like, what you guys don't know is the whole reason we were having you on is because you had that incident where yeah. guys had to pull you out. Then, yeah. then Mike gets into the gets into the studio. He goes, I don't remember anything. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, there goes the, I mean, there goes true. the podcast, the whole <laughs> thing. I, and I'm I was saving it. I didn't want to talk about it. And so we get Mike on on the microphone. And I'm like, all right, Mike, now walk us through that day. And then he goes. I don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. shit. I remember showing up in the morning, and that was about it. <laughs> it barely, too. That came. Yeah. It came to me after a but, while. But I mean, that's just the way the podcast is. That was going to be like the meat and potatoes of the podcast, and it wound up being even better because you had that story, and uh, you got to go to fires with your dad and stuff like that, and everything else was fucking hilarious. So, <laughs> yeah, it, was. It, it worked out. <laughs> but now we have. The princess of the west side up with us, oh, huh? God. Well, she transferred now yeah. to the south side. Yeah, so. <laughs> but she's she will always be. Yeah, she knows where her meat potatoes are. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jenny, welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, a nice I'm, little operation here. Thanks. Don't tell nobody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then everybody will want to come here. That's right. <laughs> Lining them up. Yeah. So we actually have you here for a reason because we're trying to promote the hell out of one of my favorite events. Uh, it's got to be yours too, Mike. Oh, yeah. The Stash Bash is coming. And we're back. And we're COVID back. be damned. COVID we, be we, damned. It, yeah, we're, we're back up. So give us your best pitch for Stash Bash right now. We probably should have rehearsed this, huh? Nope. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. You, you probably should have <laughs> had more vodka uh, for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe, start maybe off like, when, when is it? It's November 27th. So it's right around the corner. By the time they hear this podcast, it'll be, you know, a week away. So um, what? how can people go to this event? And so where's it? Do you want us to, like, start with do why? Like, yeah, so, 100%. Yeah. So it's, let's start with the origin and why the, the it started. Origin. Yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's go from the very beginning. So we, God, what was the first year? Leave, I think it was 2014, right? Leave no details untold. Oh, <laughs> So 2014, we were talking about, Mike was still at 109, and I was at, I was on 33 then, yeah, I think, right, on the ambulance. And we were talking about, everyone was doing these, like, little Facebook, like, we're going to raise money for Movember, and they would have, like, a team, and these guys would raise, like, 500 bucks and have these fucking terrible mustaches. And I'm like, okay, this is a cool idea, but what are you raising money for? And, like, you're not raising a ton. Like, and so we were just, everyone was doing it, and we, he and I were like, well, let's, why don't we make this like a party, you know? And we're like, oh, we'll call it the Stash Bash. So we started the first one at Firewater on the north side. And I think we had, I think we had like 150 people the first it, year. It was, it was pretty And packed. it was packed in there. That's, and a, that's a lot of people for For that Firewater, place, yeah. you know? And keep in mind, this was like, this was drunk up between like, you know, her and I, well, was, I was drunk. She wasn't. <laughs> she was serving me the drinks and, well, I shouldn't say drunk. I was just said. I was having some drinks, but it <laughs> yeah. was, but it was just like a regular conversation between 
bartender and customer friends. And then was this when you were working at Southern? Southern, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so he's like, "Well, what do you think?" And I'm like, "Well, let's see if we can do this, and how are we going to promote it, kind of thing." And all these guys were, you know, everyone was kind of growing out of stash. We're like, "Let's get it out there and see." And I think we went to your the first two years. We hadn't like outsourced, you know, our flyers and such, so they were made by us. And I think it was like in your mom and dad's kitchen. We yeah, were it like, was. How do we do this? How do we do use <laughs> ink? You know, I don't know how to print this. What do we do? It was do, their back you know? room, and we're just yeah. printing out regular paper, just, just eight by ten flyers. Yeah, just throwing them up in <laughs> firehouses and trying to see what we can grab. And it and ended up taking off. And that first year, we knew right away that we were gonna we outgrew it. But it was such a good time, and it was such but a good before vibe. you guys put it all together. Group of guys were just getting together, growing a mustache. Yeah, and Dro- they would growing a ridiculous mustache. Oh, terrible! Oh, mustache. terrible! And the the, wor- the worst it was, the better off. Mm-hmm. It was. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know it just and it was great. It was you know it was like just kind of something to get people excited, and you're raising money for 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 prostate cancer was originally what it was, and I think it was the second year we did it. I think we found out a lot of guys had been either diagnosed or found out they were in like the pre-cancer section yeah you know? we so say a lot of guys a lot of guys from the city yeah okay because it was guys that were older and they weren't they wouldn't go get these tests and then you realize like it's really not that invasive and a lot of guys ended up finding out oh wow I, I either have it or I'm you know at a risk for it so that was kind of the takeaway it was like okay we can like do this great event call it the stash bash you get to see everyone you work with and raise money for a good cause and then just have these guys be complete idiots and really ham it up, obviously, you know, mm. a lot. And it just kind of took off over the years. And Old Crow's been, this will be, what, the fifth year at Old Crow? I believe so. Because we were supposed <coughs> to do it. In Wrigleyville. <laughs> originally, we were supposed to do it the year after Firewater. Yeah. and we've al- Abbey. We've also had two fires. <laughs> yeah. Right. At two yeah. different venues. Is, is that right before the Abbey burnt? It was. The Abbey burnt. We were working. I think you guys were getting off yeah. shifts in the morning. And I came in the kitchen at 107, and they're like, hey, your venue's on fire. And I'm like, yeah, yeah okay, fuck you guys. And then we're listening, and it the really Abbey was. is on fire. And I'm calling him, and I'm like, Mike. This place is on fire, you know, and so we call around Wrigleyville, and we always do it the last Sunday in November for that reason. Anyway, it's like everyone's kind of done with the family stuff and they want to get out. But also, you you have kind of can pick a venue, and Old Crow ended up being the best one. It's so big, but we, you know, so we put a sign up at the Abbey and was like, "Move to Old Crow." And we told everybody, and it worked out, except for one guy, Tasso. Went to the Abbey. <laughs> it was like, where is everybody? You know, and we're like, oh, sorry, man. <laughs> like, but it, you know, it ended up working out. But then Old Crow, I think, what like. So the next year, <laughs> Old Crow has a fire in their kitchen, and somebody's calling me, and I go, "You have got." And I'm I'm at Party City, like getting the balloons ready, and this is like it's crunch time. And, yeah, it was uh, like the Wednesday before or yeah. something. And yeah, and I go, you have got to be kidding me. And so I got like like 50 text messages right away, and, and, and somebody goes, it's happening again. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? So thankfully they were able to like outsource their, their food because their kitchen was the only thing that got like disrupted. A little bit of water damage on the outside. But no nothing deal. that was going to affect us. So I think they catered from the yeah. – um, the River North. They one, cre- they catered great. from the River North one. They had everything in like in like heat lockers, basically. Like you know, you just put all the the, yeah. the big pans in there, and you close the door, and it keeps them heated. So 
they were able to cater their food from their other location and bring it. It was like, I was like, oh, my God, if we have to cancel this, I'm going to look like a big <laughs> yeah, because we sold so many tickets, and people are so excited. It's like, oh, hey, yeah, what do yeah, we do? A, what we do this money? Well, it's a fire got, department event, and yeah. uh, you know, it burns you, down. You promoted the crap out of you. Were even on the news. Oh yeah, yeah. everything. You we did run. the WGN morning show. Yeah, that, that was, was that's fun. what I'm saying. Like, you guys Barstool? weren't just you guys Barstool? had come a long way from just hanging up photocopies of a flyer in the firehouses. Yeah. You guys like full on promoted this thing, and then uh, Jenny. Lukowski does a lot of the yeah. promotion for it too. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she's in California now, so she can't can't yeah. come. But she's, you know, you, have you replaced her with another celebrity? We're gonna have to find some people. Oh, then we know? had. Uh, Who do we have from? Uh, oh, uh, da- uh, from American da- Pickers. Daniel from American yeah. Pickers. Yeah, we had she, her and then her husband. Yeah, yeah, the original Kansas City Royals fan. I <laughs> yeah. think we got him originally, and then yeah, Big Cat did a plug for us. I think the second or third. Maybe the third year. I think it was the third. Yeah, because we had T-shirts, and he put the whole thing on Barstool before he got so big. But it was great. You know, it was, you know, it's something to look forward to. It really is. I, like, love this event. I'm so glad. It was was a bummer for two years. Mm -hmm. It felt like we were so isolated from everyone else. It was terrible. And outside of that, you know, it was just sad. And the second year, we're like, okay, we might be able to pull it off. And then it was just, then, you know, our faithful leader, the mayor, was was gonna all of a sudden put the kibosh on the bars again, and we're like, "Well, we can't take. I can't take that chance. We can't take that chance. Because then again, we're gonna look like like a bunch of assholes. Like we don't know what's going on, and all of a sudden we raise all this money. Like, oh well, it's canceled. So uh, thanks for your donation. Like you know, you don't get to get drunk this year. Sorry. Like, but that's not our fault. So we had to go along the lines and say, you know what, we're we're just gonna we're just gonna say. Grow your mustaches. You all look great. I think we did. T- we did t-shirts. Did t-shirts two years yeah. ago. And yeah. Those were, you know, those were a big hit. It was just something to keep. Yeah, something to alive. You to know? give to the cancer society itself. So. Yeah. So is is that the actual charity that you guys give? Is it the cancer society? So now it's it, we do ignites cancer fund. Yeah. Because yeah. it became really important to take care of you know our own and their families if something and it, happens. You're, you're talking about ignite the spirit yeah the one that's like specifically for us yeah yeah for the chicago fire department yep. yeah and its members yeah. yes so that money that you guys raise goes to that and then the, that just is a fund to keep helping people on our job yeah right, right? so it, it's something for us and it's important for us to take part of it and jenny why mike was making wrong turns in the hallway to go to the bathroom. (laughs) We were talking that this is important to you because, you know, you were talking about bridging the gap between the guys with a lot of time on the job, then there's you and me, and then there's the new people. And this is, you know, we have events that only happen on the first shift or events that only happen on the third shift, but this is the one event it seems like everybody, north and south, we all get together. This is like the big event for us. Right. Right? <clears throat> and it's usually a rager. <laughs> Mike? It, yeah. It's always a rager. <laughs> the stories I mean, to that me come it is. out of this thing well, Because are just you, so you will go to this event, and you will see people that you hadn't seen right. in years, yeah. right? Because everybody seems to make time for this event, and it, it means something to people. And you show up and like, my God, I haven't seen that guy in three years. Yeah. Oh, my God, where have you been? 
Oh, you right. retired? Oh, shit. Sorry about that one. Yeah. Here, we're having your party right now. Just, <laughs> I think the one year, I can't remember who it was. It it might have been might have been Beth or Jeff Rich. Oh, someone's class, like they hadn't seen each other in 15 years. Like 10 of these people hadn't seen each other since they graduated 15 years ago. And they took, I remember, we should probably look for it. They took a really great picture, like in front of the stage, because they hadn't seen anybody. And yeah. I was like, well, that's... That's awesome. Sweet. Yeah, that, because you get kind of stuck. That's in your, the feeling I get when I go to this event. Is like, who am I going to see? Yeah, who am yeah. I going to see? I get I get texts out of nowhere. Like a guy I came to the job with, and he he's like, I've been meaning to go every year, and I, I I can't make it, but this year I can make it, and I'm coming this year. And he's like, I've never been. I'm like, well, you are in for a uh, pleasant <laughs> surprise because yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. He's like, he's like. Uh, I, I he's like I probably cheated a little bit because I've been growing up my mustache for a long time, but it's really awesome. I'll send you a picture, and I'm like, well, bring it anyway. Who cares? You know? Yeah, it might be easing the restrictions a little this year. Yeah, well. wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. might yeah. be a two year growth. <laughs> well, the the last one that you guys did, I love the the stash off. It came. It came down to McLaughlin and Sergio. Sergio, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was he was he Huggy Bear? I can't remember what he I don't was. know he had, what like, that the was. Fur yeah, coat on, but. McLaughlin was... Uh, he was the guy from Globo Gym. Was Globo yeah. Gym, yeah, yeah. He just... Dwight Gooden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nobody so, makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. The part about McLaughlin that, like, cracks me up, so... You You're know, getting in that microphone a little, Jenny. A little too close. No, get in. Oh, get in. I have to... Yeah. Okay. Get so, all in, yeah. Get in. <laughs> so McLaughlin, he's just, you know, he's a showman of sorts. And the, the year before, he... I don't know if you guys remember, he was Freddie Mercury. Yes. And he was so excited, and he, like, kept it all secret. And then another guy shows up, <laughs> yeah. and he got out Freddie Mercury. He got out Freddie Mercury. Another Mercury. Freddie Mercury, and he won, and he was just so jagged off about it. And it was so great, you know, because he's just, can you imagine standing there in this outfit knowing this other guy was just, like, a better Freddie Mercury oh than my you, God. which what does that even mean? But, well, like, yeah. Mikey was over the top with his global gym one. Oh, yeah. He, oh. he stayed in character the whole night. He did. He the did. Whole night. He did. And I loved it. It was, that was awesome. But I don't think that character is too far off from where from who Mike's is normal baseline. No, yeah. no. <laughs> except he's a phenomenal golfer. Yes, that's true. But yeah, they had a they had the stash off. I think they arm wrestled in front of everybody for yeah, the Stanley yeah. Cup, and he, I mean, he held it up. It was like hilarious. Just, you know, that's right. I forgot. Yes. Oh my God, that was such a good time. Yeah, it was. Uh, that one was good. And then we had the the after party. You know. Oh God! Oh, that's that's, that's <laughs> on again. That's on again this it's year back too. To everyone. So after you get you know booted from Old Crow, you walk down the street to Country Club. And they yeah, big shout out to Country a Club. Full on dance Thanks, party. Nick. Yeah, thank yeah. you. So well, let's take a. We're we're gonna come back to stash because I want to give all the details. But uh, Mike's been on the show before, and we we've we've kind of um, went through Mike's whole history, but. Let's take a moment here and kind of tell us where where you come from, Jenny. I know. Good. I'm gonna make yeah. a drink. Oh, yeah. no, I'm gonna make no, a drink. No. Make it. Make a go right ahead. Some of that hammer ice. But, there you go. But I'll I'll help you that. here, Jenny, because you and I came from similar roots in the fact that we both worked at Children's. Yeah. Back in yeah. the day, and you tell me if I'm wrong about this, because I tell everybody that if you're a paramedic, I think it should be mandatory that you put some like legitimate time in at children's memorial and oh, yeah. at a children's hospital. And cause for me, I learned more about being a paramedic working at that hospital than anywhere, th else. Than anywhere else. Than anywhere else. Is that a know? true statement? Do you feel the yeah, same way? I, I agree with that. 
you know, you, you learn so much on the fly and you have to keep it together. And, and, and you, you have, know. you have these, these amazing doctors running through right. what these runs are and what these calls are and your skills, you know, you, you're starting IVs on babies right. and stuff like that. So you're just getting all this amazing knowledge and your skills are just through the roof. Now you, <coughs> what were you, do? that wasn't your only job though, right? Were you working somewhere else while you were uh, working at Children's? Oh my gosh, yeah, what was I doing then? Oh, I was working at, at Advance. I think I was a like shift manager there, which is so funny to yeah. think of me as that. But <laughs> that, and I did a, a pediatric transport for them, for Lutheran General, too. Mike, you and don't have to worry about the noise. Everybody yeah, knows what geez, you're everyone doing. everyone knows what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. trying to hide, hide that you're making a cock. Do you this ever listen ridiculous. to the show? Oh my god. But... <laughs> 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 but yeah, it, so I was doing that, and I was—I think I was bartending a few places. I was yeah. doing all that right before. Well, that's the other thing. We both bartended. Yeah. We both worked at Children's. And then uh, you were at Children's, and you, you got the call to go mm-hmm. to the city. And what what was that like for you? you your, your academy went pretty smooth, and then where did you go right out of the academy? Oh, ambulance 24. 24. Do we even have a 24? <laughs> Where's that? I don't know. <laughs> Never even oh heard of that. Oh, God, yeah. Engine 122, 79th in Michigan. And I knew nothing about it. And I was like, where am I going? And the only thing I knew was I was going to have to go to Jackson Park Hospital. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. you know. But, yeah, I was there for, what, a year and a, year and a half, I think, as soon as I could put out. Because yeah. I was still living north. I think I was in Lincoln Park then. And I'm like, this drive is horrible. And Plus, you wanted to be back up north where... Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> but I remember I when we got hired off that list, we were the last, um, uh, the last medic class off that old list. So I was Mister Irrelevant. I was the last person hired. So I had were zero really? seniority. I was. Oh man! And I'm like, I don't win a car. I don't win anything. I just can't get out of this. You know. <laughs> so I remember I put in for 33, and everybody was like, "What are you doing? Like that place stinks. It's so busy." And I'm like, I just don't want to drive home so far in the morning and going there was fantastic and I had a great partner for a and long time till I crossed and and then we both wound up in the same house yeah 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 and now <laughs> I'm I, I just want to cast the all-stars look mm-hmm. at you guys <laughs> yeah well me and Jenny had been on the same path for for a while so but that being said uh we're we're on a podcast variance. We're down two guys here, so it's just us three. <laughs> and I, I kind of explained uh, uh, to, to Mike the circumstance. We can call for that, mm-hmm. Sarah. <laughs> I've already phoned it in. I'm scared. Yeah, I phoned it in, but I want before I forget, I want to talk about uh, Corey. Usually, asks this later on in the <clears throat> podcast, but he talks about like pranks in the firehouse, oh. and you are synonymous at. 107's house with one of the greatest pranks that was ever pulled there. And it couldn't have happened to a better guy. So kind of explain what happens when you leave your wallet laying around at the firehouse. Oh gosh, poor sluggo. And, do, and don't, and don't leave out any details. because The <laughs> devil's in the details, Jenny. Please do not leave any details <laughs> out. I need to know this story. You never heard it. Uh uh-uh. Oh, Jenny. Well, maybe we'll see. Okay. So we'll, can I just refer to him as Sluggo? Yes, so please do. So Sluggo, <laughs> who has a nickname Sluggo for another reason that we right. can't get into here, but he 
he goes, um, he was uh, rehired, I think, and he goes, hey, we were going on a run, and he goes, can you take my credit card and go to White Castle? He's like, and just pick up these sliders that I got. And I go, yeah. And oh, yeah, give it to me, no problem. And McDermott and I think Ryan were both like, what are you doing, man? Like, why would you, don't give her that, you know? And I said, oh, you're fine. Here, sure, at face go. value, you look very trustworthy, yeah, very innocent. I, I am. Not worthy I am. of. Don't, don't, yeah, there's, let's <laughs> not steer these people in the wrong direction. But so I was like, sure, I will go pick these up for you because I think it's a very nice thing that you're doing for everyone here today because you're working overtime. So Sharing your wealth. And yeah, so I go, we pick it up and I take a screenshot of the front and the back of it and he has no idea, so we like bring... Did he send you to the one at Roosevelt, Roosevelt and Western? Western? Yeah. God. Which, I wouldn't, know, what, disclaimer, I wouldn't eat anything. Don't. <laughs> Come on, it's the don't, best one. Don't go to that white castle. You have to, like, dodge people, like, sleeping in the, like, Oh, no, I'm they're not, they're not sleeping. I'm a, I'm a Harlem and Belmont guy, so. <laughs> but so he, so we, anyway, you know, we get the sliders, we move on. And so I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? So I take the liberty of ordering, ordering a couple of. Pleasure items <laughs> to ship to this person's house and define pleasure items. Well, there's, <laughs> there's one in particular, a tasty treat, if you will, Mike, uh, that Jenny ordered because I I actually had one of them because they made it they made their way back to the firehouse at one point. The chocolate. Oh, the chocolate buttholes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mike, they're actual chocolate buttholes. They were chocolate buttholes, yeah. <laughs> Whose mold was it? You know, I don't know if there's like a standard one. Is that like a job that you missed out on? Like yeah. being like the What's chocolate your job? I'm going to be a sphincter stamp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they look like your your standard butthole, Mike. Mm. Blue nut. Blue but those nut. were. Regular old starfish. Those <laughs> were in addition to that because that all right. kind of came later. But we ordered him a. Am I allowed to like say that on this? You can't. Is this for yeah? There so are people who are going to be listening, and be like, "You better tell us what it is." Yeah. So we ordered him a penis pump and a, <laughs> a like a giant like like suction cup dildo, you know, which he still uses to this day. I'm sure he does. And it was like <laughs> I like it was elaborate. It was like very veiny and like very. <laughs> oh my god! I, I can't wait for the year. This is going to be so great. So. We tell him, you know, I, I tell the guys on, you know, the house, I'm like, yeah, it's coming, like, it's coming this day. I'm like, so just text him and say, like, you know, happy D-Day, 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 you know. And he's like, what is, what, you know, and he's like. So you had this delivered to his house. To his house, okay. to his residence. Right. Daniela. Which I think Daniela, comes into play, I love right? you, and I'm sorry, yeah. So then he's freaking out, and then he's, like, you know, waiting for this, and he thinks, like, He's, he's like she. Who knows what she did? Like he has, he still has no idea. Like what is taking place? He just <laughs> thinks like, I'm fucking with him, and something's getting sent to his house. I think he thought it was like prostitutes. It was all sorts. Of, he had no idea. So he gets these things, and he's like, Oh my god! And it, you know, comes, and then he's laughing about it, and he's like, Okay, you know, he goes. Well, that's so stupid. Why would she spend two hundred dollars on this stuff? And they're like, "You? Oh, she did. She did not. <laughs> <laughs> she did not." So you know, story lesson learned: don't uh, leave your stuff out at the right. firehouse. Right. So Sluggo learned a valuable lesson. He that did, day. and I think it's good for him. You right. Know? Mm. Right. It could have been way worse. Yeah. They don't could've... don't trust anybody. <laughs> Even. Uh, a female that looks very trustworthy. I mean, look at her. Yeah. I would have given her my wallet, too, but to go get sliders at 
Western. At Roosevelt and Western. <laughs> I would have too. But yeah, so he, I wonder if he still has them. I'm sure he does. Logo, so let everybody know if you're using them oh, or not. Yes. Which Others. brings us back to prostate. Yeah. So, oh, speaking of, nice. speaking yeah. of chocolate buttholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> now that I got that off my chest, Jenny. I was like, I gotta remember to do that. Now that's <laughs> off my chest. Let's go back to Stash Bash and give us more of the details. Like, what's where is um, the venue? What time is it? How can people get tickets? Like, uh, throw all that out there. The peer support is so important, and I, I I've realized that just over my lifespan that. You have to be able to talk to someone. And if you're going through the mortgage process and you also have someone who has shared life experiences and you're able to talk to them about the shit you're going through. Like, I didn't feel embarrassed about asking Josh a question because yeah. Josh knows where I come from. You know, I'm like, hey, uh, I know this sounds dumb, but blah, 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 blah. I'm just a fireman. I don't know anything about banks mm -hmm. or mortgages or right. blah, blah, blah. I try my best, but that's not really where my, you know, my forte is. And he, understand, he understands that because I think a majority yeah. of the firemen out there, cops and paramedics, and like, we're so preoccupied with other things. It's like, dude, I just want a cheap loan and I don't want to get screwed. How, yeah. how does this work? Can you can you help me out? And he's like, he understands that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. I, I love what we do. This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories brought to you by Rescue One CBD. A firefighter-owned company taking care of first responders with their CV oil that's guaranteed to be 0.000% THC, making it safe for the job. Enter promo code BRAVEST and you'll receive 25% off your order. Again, type in the promo code BRAVEST and you'll get 25% off all Rescue One products. Go to rescueonecbd.com and place your order. You were actually explaining to me that you've been getting a lot of response from the listeners here about benefits of your CBD oil. Yes. Um, yeah, our CBD oil and the topical. And, um, you know, we, we've been a sponsor of the show for a little bit. I've been a sh fan of the show for a while. And um, obviously that kind of started the ball rolling where, you know, Chicago area firefighters have started using the product but then you know i can tell that you know the word of mouth is spreading and and i i just i get so much good feedback i get such great responses and i love seeing that part of it it uh it feels really good because it's why i started the business it's it's uh to help our guys and girls out there and seeing how it's it's working is fantastic so um for everybody that's you know supported us and uh, been loyal to the brand thank you so much and you know, honestly, it's, uh, I think it's, it's a huge benefit for us. You know, I think that, um, you know, we're going to be, um, on the cutting edge of something great. So it's an old crow smokehouse, okay. 3506 North Clark. So um, that's in the heart Wrigley, of Wrigley, the heart of Wrigleyville. Yeah. And, uh, they go all out down there now. It's like all Christmas vibes mm -hmm. and decorations. So it's super cool. We did. We've got paper tickets all around, but this year you can get them at. Uh, there's somebody. Someone's in every got district. them. And there's a whole yeah, and then like most people just like text us or even say like, "Can we get them at the door?" Of course, but I don't want to overload poor Anamar because you know she runs a tight ship she, at that she, door. She doing the door? She is. Oh, oh she, is. she does. <laughs> she runs a tight ship. <laughs> She's like, uh, you ever seen the the the, the soup Nazi uh, <laughs> uh, Seinfeld? It's like put the money on there and move move to the side. Put the money on the side. She does not have time for. Your bullshit. Nope, she does not. Right. You will be berated 
by a four foot, just vicious woman. Yes, yeah, vicious. You know, yes, you know. and she is. She's fantastic. She's Anamar, number one. We can't thank you enough. Yes, she really. We love you, Anamar. So my classmate. Yeah. Mm. So she, but you know, the girls work the door, and then um, people either have paper tickets or this year, Old Crow did a QR code for us. So if anyone still needs tickets, go to their website. Um, and you can scan so you right can buy on them it. at the Old Crow website. Website, okay. yep. yeah. You have your ticket right on your phone, or you can get them at the door. We're getting really high tech. We these really days. are. It's mm-hmm. about time. See, COVID happens, and we just go digital. <laughs> you, know. you had nothing to do but plan. That's you're it. like the Shawshank Redemption <laughs> yeah. of prostate cancer. <laughs> you know, I feel like we need to coin that. Yeah, now. I think so. <laughs> make, like some sort of do I need to make holes in my pocket and yeah. just like let things fall out of my pocket so I walk? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think that's a different movie. That's Shawshank Redemption. Is it? Oh, absolutely. Are you sure? Yes. Oh, you know. Andy right. Dufresne. But you know what else? That that was from The Great Escape as well. Oh, they did the same thing? Yeah. Huh. Learned something new every day. Yeah. With Paul Newman. Oh, yeah. You never saw that? I don't think so. Oh, Maybe. One of the greatest movies ever. I don't know. I think Paul Newman, greatest movie. You're not a Paul Newman fan? Oh, no, no, I am. Oh, okay. He's going cool hand. Mm-hmm. That's oh, he's going. okay. Yeah. He had me at the eggs. See? You know he never ate one egg, not even one. Not even one. Because it does the, the the zoom in on his mouth. Yeah, he puts it in his mouth and then they'll cut and he spits it out. Yeah, because he hated eggs apparently. Really? Yeah, he should've, hated eggs. But that was it. Should have been in like the, uh, the like his at the his end. little uh, repertoire beforehand. It's right. Like, oh, you know you're gonna have to eat some eggs. And, Man, and I after I found that out, I watched it. I was like. God damn, this motherfucker didn't eat a goddamn egg. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like one of the scenes that he's so known for, he didn't even eat one egg. Wow. It's wild. I did not know that. Huh. Well, Mike, that next trivia, I'm going to be an all-star. Well, hopefully. How yeah. many eggs did Cool Hand Luke eat? Zero. Uh, no, that's wrong. Just sorry. No, actually, in real life, he ate zero. <laughs> <laughs> what was the amount that he actually ate in the movie that day. It's 100 eggs, right? Was it 100? I thought it was. Oh, dang. I thought it was 50. I mean, if we only had this thing in our pocket that Hold we could so pull If somebody up had that, they'd be a fucking millionaire right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Where you could just access information. Mm-hmm. This is wild stuff. Hold mm-hmm. on. Hold the phone. That's good talk yeah. about we're going to go ahead and use this radio silence to uh, promote the Stash Bash on uh, November 27th, 2022. Hey, at Old Crow Smokehouse, $50 gets your tickets. And if you don't show what, up, well. What do you get for $50, Mike Manchester? 50 eggs. 50, 50 eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A bucket egg. That should be the, the, at the next one is uh, egg eating An contest. An egg eating contest? Oh, oh, God. We'd be puking How everywhere. How sick do you think you'd get? if you <sighs> Could you eat 50 eggs? Is it 50? It's 50, yeah. Was it 50? Oh. It's 50. But still, that's like. Do you think see. you could eat 50 eggs? No, not even close. How many do you think you can get? I could probably eat 10. Ten? Yeah. I, well, st- I still think ten's a lot. Are they cooked in a pan? No. Like, hard like boiled? Hard boiled? Uh, yeah, probably ten. I probably could do ten if it was, like, over easy, where I could just... Oh, dude. I really could eat a lot more than that. If it was, like, over easy or scrambled, I'll forget it. Well, just, scrambled, you can really... Give I'm me a really big old mad bowl. we did not think this through and have this planned, because you two could have done this. <laughs> I know. Place I know. Bets, and it's, and it's know? filmed, too, so it's, like, right there. Oh, man. We'll just edit it. It look like you eat. There, yeah, right, right. Just the one. It's just like a a, a relapse. Just one after another. One. Just one. Just one. He ate fifty eggs. Oh my god. What else is new, Jenny? 
Where are you yeah. at these days? Uh, engine one twenty three now. Oh man. Yeah. I stopped over there and they had a rip roaring garage and she came back just <laughs> beat up the beast. Yeah. Comes back black stuff on her face. She's like. You need your posters, and I was like, "Yes, I do." Yeah, just all salty, a little oh, yeah. bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stood on her face, mm. just doing it, you just know. <laughs> Antsy her backing her up, like, "Hey, uh, what do you want Hi for guy. lunch?" <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, we started doing this uh, uh, cooking episode. I saw that with with Kevin and uh, Chef McDermott. Yeah. So, have they been uh, letting you cook yet? Have they been saying, Jenny? Uh, you're a girl in the firehouse. Why are you in the kitchen? Get in the kitchen. Yeah. Well, you know, I've done it. I would like to. It just What'd you make? What did I make? Oh, I usually go. 40 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, what's, what's my usual? I do a Greek chicken. This oh. one I usually, it's my go-to. Is that because you're Greek? No. Oh, okay. I didn't know. <laughs> it's because it's easy. That's why. <laughs> but um, I don't, you know, being the medic, it's too tough to. Oh, to that's do right. it, you yeah. Know, so they don't even. Time. Oh, I'm like the fifth string. I mean, I'll do it, but you know, yeah. the guys that are good at it, though, that's like it's like an art. Yeah, but you guys it's are. A, it's it's like a symphony sometimes. Yeah. Watching guys that are really Chef's good. Kiss, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things we talked about with with Kevin when we did that show is anybody can cook a meal, but the guys who are really good at it can time it. So yeah. everything comes out at the same time. Yeah, we, we, were, we were just talking about that, too. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I was mentioned, like, Kevin McDermott, Eddie Negron, Billy Meyer, like, they, they oh, just, they just knew three. what to do, and that was it. And, and everybody had their own little way of doing things, and it always worked out for them, so it was pretty nice. What's your favorite meal that they make over by you? Well... Well, Pat Jones is the cook now. I mean, I'm I'm always a I'm always a big fan of like firehouse ribs. Like I think yeah. they're really good. They're always yeah. they're always made good. Um me personally, when I cook, I love Taco Tuesday. Yeah. I I put a big pride into it. I make my own pico de gallo, I make my own guacamole. I do everything I have to do to make the tacos perfect. And then I make my own rice and beans as well because I learned from like Al Cerna, Bobby Herrera, they they said, I remember what I can't remember who brought a box of like Zatarans Mexican rice. He goes, he goes, what is this? And threw it right in the garbage, and then Over I watched there, them make you can't it. Do that to them? Oh no no no! <clears throat> and they 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 sat there and they made everything, and I was like, this is like the greatest thing I ever had in my entire life. So then I had to learn because like, and then Bobby's like, hey, you make the rice? I go, no, I got it. And then Al's like, hey, you make the rice? I go, no, I, I I'm gonna get it. And I and I did. They're like. You did it, man. You did it. And I was like, well, I don't need you anymore. So go sit down. <laughs> but it was good. But that's probably my favorite my favorite meal to make for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jenny? At like that we have at the firehouse? Yeah. I'm trying to think. Mike. Mike's phenomenal. I mean, we're spoiled. And serious. Oh, he, his. Top uh, shelf, man. He really his uh, pinwheel brajoles are yeah. probably the most dynamite thing I ever had that he made. He makes a bomb lasagna. He makes like I mean everything he does is good, but mm. he does like a really good like seafood linguine. Yeah. He does it's like outrageous. You yeah, can go so, to a restaurant. He's so and not casual with it. He like, is. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of like yeah, I get to it. No big deal. Do you uh, need help? Nah, I got it. Yeah, he's great. And it comes out and you're like, oh my god, this is so good. <laughs> Way to go, Mikey. I had done a little bit of like uh, when I was in college, you know, like the volunteer specter, and then like. You know, got my EMT and all that. You know, and you go down that road, you think it's going to be something. You completely didn't have any family, different. right? Where'd you go to college? Southern. 
that. Oh, oh yeah, Suzuki. <laughs> um, yeah, my dad was a cop, but no. Oh, cousin, who's a a chief, a battalion chief out in Aurora. You know, <laughs> G- you know, Jason. That's your yeah. Oh, you're you Jason Dion's my cousin. Yeah. Get the fuck. How come so, I never knew that? Really? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did his, you listen to his podcast? I yeah. Did he know Wayne Campbell? Yes. <laughs> oh, sick. <laughs> Mike, Party you're all on. about the movie references. He is. Right? He's on um, it today. You are good. Keep keep him coming. Don't I'm, stop. I'm a buff. I, Don't I know. It's but that was part of it, too. Like, cause Jace how, do I never, to, how do I never know that? I thought you did, no? No. Yeah, he, uh, I remember He's he was. He's such a good uh, guy. Great guy. And great fireman. And he, I remember I was still in college, you know, and he went out to uh, help in 9-11. And, you know, his, everybody knows the peanut butter and jelly sandwich story. With yeah, the, well, you know? I put that on as a clip. Yeah. I put that out there. And. I, I listened to it, and I every nine eleven I I put it back out, and when I yeah. listened to it, when I resent it, it, I still get emotional, listening yeah. to that, and maybe I'll splice that in to this podcast. So, I think you should share it. I think you should share it. Go ahead, because no, I'm not familiar with it. So let's let's hear. You it. you have to. Uh, Chief Demas goes out to nine eleven as part of the response to help, and. They're taking a break because they were working like 12-hour shifts. Yeah. He takes a break, and um, I think he said it was uh, like first graders or something like that came, and they brought all these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the guys at the at the, the site. Ground Zero, yeah. Oh, man. And so <clears throat> Chief like wants to thank one of the little kids for the sandwiches. And he's like, uh, hey, what? why peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? And the kid looks up at uh, Chief Demas and goes, because you guys stick together like peanut butter and jelly. Oh, my yeah. God. That's so nice. Yeah. It, right? It doesn't. It gives you a little. Yeah. Every, yeah. Time, every time I put that back your out. cold, dead heart. Dude, I know. would have been like, because that's the only thing I know how to make. Like, that. <laughs> <laughs> like why are you asking yeah. me right. that? Yeah. What's the matter so with you? Just think about how that heartwarming story would have been if Chief Demas ran into a first grade Mike Manchester. Oh God! Uh, that's yeah. all I know how to make. That's so all I, I had. Out, why out are you asking? You know what? I'll eat it. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, I he would three. be like, "Why are you giving me a half-eaten peanut butter and jelly sandwich?" Because, <laughs> because chief, I already had three. <laughs> Do you want a glass of milk? I like milk. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and that was like a big part of it. It was like you know he went, and I was like, "Oh man, this is so cool. He's so cool." And then, you know, you I'm sure a lot of us that got into you know, this profession at that time, you know, you saw what these guys were doing. They were going oh. out there and helping and absolutely a terrible, something you can't even imagine seeing. There was a group of first graders that, um, that came out with, uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, <laughs> you know, and, uh, they're handing them out to where we did 12s and 12s and we're on you know, whatever. And they had these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and they're, uh, why peanut butter and jelly? And the little girl looks up and says, because uh, you guys stick together like peanut butter and jelly. Uh, <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's just like, son of a bitch. Yeah. You know, you tear jerker. You know, and, but you, you knew right there you made an impact, right? right? We talk about getting inserted into a mission set that New York needed people to stand up for them and America needed people to stand up. And we didn't blow the buildings up. We didn't cause that to happen. But you know what? We responded because that's what we do. Yeah. But he was always like so great about it. I'm like, you know, I'm testing here, I'm doing that, you know. 
You ever go see one of his weightlifting matches? I, I've seen him on Instagram. I need to get out there and see he it. He is moving ridiculous weight. I think he just won. yeah. He just won his um, last uh, powerlifting meet. And how old is this guy? 50-something, right? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, he's in his he 50s. He looks great. I mean, yeah, he would beat you up for but sure. He, he <laughs> is. Anybody can beat me up. He's just powerlifting. Like, deadlifting ridiculous. Yeah. I think his, what I saw him doing has he was bench pressing 425 as part he was he posted his, like some of his numbers and 425 was part of his bench press workout that's ridiculous dude get out of town <laughs> yeah so dude. yeah so that that's that's what aurora's got out there guys like jason demas out there but yeah. um bust his heart that's he, awesome he was a great pocket and he's working on something um, for, uh, he's, he's working on a project for mental health that, um, I mean, he, from talking to us in here and he took it even further, he's really going out of his way to come up with this program. He hasn't got everything done yet, but he is working really hard for, uh, help mental health in the first responder uh, field. That's a, like that's he, a big, he, big yeah. thing. He is. He said, and I, I called him um, for something. I can't, I can't remember what it was for, but he was so excited to tell me about this. And he, what he, his quote to me was because he said something. I was like, that's a that's a tall mountain to climb. And he said, just because it's tall doesn't mean you shouldn't climb it. That's I was true. like, this is this is kind of what you do. You come up with these sayings and you, you give me fucking goosebumps. Like, yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> Stop, stop already. Coining them, yeah. Oh, that's, now i got to make that awesome. a t-shirt. He really gives Matt Foley a run for his money. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's, I, I want people to have to look up all these references that you're... Yeah, you're on it. She make like a... She just make a big t-shirt that this guy has all the quotes for and just be like, I just coined everything, so here you go, sir. This is what you... This is what comes out of your mouth, and it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, is your... Uh, camera still on or is it off it's off okay so you can pick your yeah. mouse now yes thank yes. god i have a huge book ready to get out of there yeah i gotta redo it after a half hour okay because in the camera world if <laughs> that camera is a camera if it goes over 29 minutes and 59 seconds then it has to be sold as a video camera ah and i, I have no idea why such a weird number, but whatever. I think back in the day they called them a camcorder. You remember those? Oh, the, yeah. the, 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 you had to put it on your shoulder. It's like a boombox. Is that a boombox or a camera? <laughs> it's just like, yeah. And it, the, it was so grainy and disgusting. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But I that's mean, what we had. No one looked good in any of that footage. Because no. I feel like on every, like, first 48 or any of those, like, yeah, like yeah. 1991, yeah. Like those videos, and you're like, oof, you know. Everybody looks like 80s, a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything looks like If you're like a, a prosecutor, <laughs> whoever you think it is, if you put them on a VH, guilty. 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 That's it, yeah. Don't even have to ask me. I don't even want to hear the, the trial. Guilty. <laughs> Did you say that guy's on VHS? Yeah. Forget done. Guilty. Done. He has a yeah. terrible haircut. He's guilty. Mm. That's it. Look at his semi-tinted eyeglasses. Yes. Guilty. <laughs> and his Velcro New Balances. He's gone. Oh, Still wash jeans. Jenny, yeah. what what celebrities are going to be there? You always have one or two that come out. Well, is Danielle going to be there? 
No, no. So you know what? The only you know hard me and her part have about history. this, yeah. There's, yeah. I have pictures with her. You do. I've got yeah. a couple. I got yeah. a couple in here. Yeah. I keep, I keep running into her at events, uh, on the bike team. So I'm like, Danielle, come on, we'll take a picture. So I have like a whole series of pictures. Damn, you oh. guys are like besties now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we follow each other on Instagram. You know? She's such a, she's such a cool person. Yeah. And she was a roller derby girl. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. You, you know, give me a little uh, splash of that there, uh, Mr. Manchester. <laughs> you got it. Look at that ice, Look, though. I finally can have the ice where it doesn't work. hit me in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Jesus. You said splash. That's my that. splash. That That's was a splash. Oh, my God. Met him. This episode is brought to you by Burbank Food and Liquor, located at 4818 West 83rd Street and the corner of 83rd and Cicero. Thanks to them, we're having a glass of whiskey right now. Oh, yeah. The thing is, they were very specific about having the coldest beer in town when you're in Burbank. Unfortunately, on the drive over here, (laughs) it got both empty and warm. So, you know, but that's all right. That's all right. You know. We, we want to make sure that our people in Burbank know where to go. Right. Okay. You may have the coldest beer in town, but we are drinking whiskey, so it really doesn't affect us any. Right. Cheers. No. Cheers. 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 Yeah, this, I mean, these guys, if you guys know anything about us, you know that we're very particular about our booze. And, uh, and again, these guys, these guys over at Burbank Food and Liquors, like, they're just awesome. Like, and they're, they're. They're not only done with just liquor. Like, their food's incredible. We talked about before. Right. Get get buzzed. Go in there and start smashing carnitas, yep. tacos, tamales. Mm-hmm. Homemade tamales, Vince. Yep, homemade. Pasoli. <laughs> just you, go in there. <laughs> pound, pound a bottle of whiskey and just uh-huh. start smashing tacos. Listen, and like, you know, maybe I'll wear a cowboy hat on the way in there. <laughs> You know, maybe you've got your boots and you want to put on your best um, uh, Vince Como se dice, uh, uh, caballero, right? Right? Cowboy? You walk in, walk in like a, like a, you know. Yeah, and like you a, just uh, pretty much insulted the whole Hispanic community. Uh, and if you'd like to uh, embrace that, 708-424-6321, Burbank Food and Liquor. Again, that phone number is Burbank Food and Liquor, not me. Um, you can call them happily. But call them after you buy some liquor, have uh-huh. some food, air your grievances at yeah, Burbank Food and Liquor. Let them know how much you hate this commercial. <laughs> Located at 4818 West 83rd Street, Burbank Food and Liquor. Tell them Cowboy Corey section. <laughs> All right, so you're talking about celebrities. We got any? You got anybody on deck? We've got a couple surprise surprise. Okay, you folks. don't want to let it out. No, but I I do know there is a certain um, Globo Gym uh, manager who will be a celebrity <laughs> guest, and boy has he been talking about it. So, um, He's so outrageous. we've got you know we got to give a shout out to the celebrity of all time, Lee Michaels, our our resident DJ for this event. Okay, you know, he's fantastic, and he. What about that, that guy from the buttons? Do you remember that guy's name yet? You want to give him a shout? I do. Hold on. I have to, like, look. So Jenny so dropped, so the, dropped off some, uh, the some ba- swag here. The backstory is with Lee, is him and I are fraternity yeah. brothers. We went to college together. Oh, and Jesus. we were <laughs> we were kind of scrounging for a DJ one time because well, what happened the last one? 
He was running a marathon somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he kind of was like your first it. DJ. Uh, yeah, so the other guy, it was his buddy who yeah, ended yeah, yeah. up so doing he, it. So he ended up doing it, and then Lee came back and oh did the rest God. of it. <laughs> you, should, you let him make that. Well, that's a good one, Mike. Someone messed up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, he. Um, yeah, it was his buddy, and I think he was kind of like, what is this event? These people are insane. Mm-hmm. So. That was pretty funny. He's like, mm-hmm. this is so great. I'm like, well, we have to go back to Lee, so sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. But you can yeah. assist him. You can come anytime you want. It'll be fifty bucks. We'd be coming anytime you want. Yeah, good for your prostate. Yeah, you guys have any family affected by cancer? So I was going to talk about that. Um, so my grandpa, uh, who was also the he was a chief in the alarm office for thirty something years, mostly I think he was mostly on the Inglewood side. Uh, he died of prostate cancer. My my mom's father. So this is. So I'll wear a white Kangol hat every year because it's so weird because like, That's you know, what he wore, he wore when he played, he played golf and he wore a white Kangol hat all the time. He had two of them. <laughs> so I saw him after he passed away and I'm like, mom, I got to have these. And she's like, Michael, I don't think anybody's going to want those. So you can have them. I'm like, sweet. But like, you know, back in the day, like when, you know, Kangol hats were fun to wear backwards. I would run up there and steal them and show it to my mom. She's like, get that off your head because he's going to kick your ass. Yeah, it was so funny. But, yeah, I, I wanted to take those afterwards. And then every year I, I wear his Kangol hat, white one, because that was that was what he would play. He would wear when he played golf. Sure, it's a natural yeah. headwear. And that was like a, you know, that was a nice thing when I was growing up as a kid because I would caddy for my dad and him. Well, not really caddy, but I would just walk the course with them because they had walk carts and carts and where stuff. was his home course well we uh we have a house in michigan that he he built himself and then put an addition on and then after he passed away like my mom and dad put more work into the house and added on to it as well so it's in it's in douglas saga talk but he bought the property when my mom was in grammar school and he he cut down a grove of trees and it was like a an old apple orchard i believe and he he built this little cottage. It's a lot of deer up there, huh? There's a lot of deer up there. There's a lot of deer up there. Still to this day, it's been very overdeveloped lately, and it's it's a lot of it's a lot of big money. But like, it's you know it's it's a really nice place. But my grandpa built that with bare hands, and he willed it to my mom and dad, and they took it over, and that's their thing. And the white kangle hat is my thing. So it's like <laughs> it, it, it was just so funny that like you know he he would wear that. I'm like that's pretty awesome, and he would wear it when he play golf and. And it, when he got prostate cancer and we were talking about this, yeah. like, I was like, well, we're definitely doing this for so, sure. So now you have a history of that in your family. So is it even more imperative for you, you know, separated by two generations that you get regular screenings? Oh, and stuff absolutely. Like that? I'm, I will definitely like, so I'm not, I don't. Are you meet, due for one right now? I don't meet the age criteria next year. Yeah. I do. Which so, is he's so been for, counting down. He just yeah. can't wait. I'm, I'm, I just turned thirty nine, so they say so, at, so at forty. Okay, you should get your chocolate uh, <laughs> taken care of. You know, <laughs> so. Uh, but it is important. It definitely it is important. Is, you know, it's, it's so preventative. You know, it's and it's and if it is caught, it's you know. Well, you were saying early, that nowadays it's less pervasive. So. What I don't even. I, this is how ignorant I am. Like, what's the procedure? I, it, 
It well, sounds like they're kind of going in the just, back. So like, it's just that we're not educated on it, and that's and that's the saddest part about it. And this is the whole reason why we create such a like a, a an attention to this. Like we're just kind of creating awareness that like, hey, listen, I know you're in a tough guy job, but you know what? Go get checked out. You know, don't be too proud to go to the doctor. And 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 I'm speaking for myself too right? because I hate going to the doctor. Like I want to just kind of live my life and <laughs> not hear that. Oh. Well, you're fat and uh, you drink too much and you, uh, yeah, but this and that, whatever. So it's like, I don't want to. You can call me. I'll I just tell you that. Yeah, you I mean, everybody can bad. tell me that. But it's like, I like, you know, I don't want to hear like bad news, so to speak. So it's like, it's tough. But like, go get checked out because like, if you don't and it's it's too late, well, now you just got yourself in down a rabbit hole that you have to go down whether you like it or not. So all this is like. It's like our rigs, preventative maintenance. This is for your body, preventative yeah. maintenance. So, and I think now that you can do a PSA through your blood, so yep. it's like you're not going to like get the the blue glove treatments. If you like, want all right, it, you can get it. I mean, but. yeah, you can get it. <laughs> but is like, are you familiar with like what are the numbers on that? Is one a in PSA seven. One, one in seven, seven. will get it? Mm-hmm. Once I think one in seven will get it, or one in seven, seven will have like a like a symptom of it. Like you can get like, they'll find like polyps in there and, and, and some screening in your blood. One in seven will have a diagnosis of it. Diagnosis. But that will, those numbers should get better because if more people are getting screened for it, you can stop it before it gets there. The problem is, you know, but the diagnosis isn't necessarily a death sentence. No. Uh -uh. Prostate cancer. I mean, you can, I got to look up the numbers on that, but I mean, if you catch it early enough, you're, Good, one in know? seven. So every single firehouse you has a guy, a guy who's being diagnosed with at some point. When you, when you actually cancer. put it down to the nitty gritty, then yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you. those change, you know, with like the you know blood tests of people, like you, you know, people in your family, and yeah. you know, exactly all of that stuff. So you know, it's just something to to think about because it is. It's not prostate cancer is not a death sentence. So go to the doctor so you can see it. Because my uncle, who had prostate cancer it developed into a lot of other things because he never went to the doctor for it. And that's going to, you know, spread everywhere and all that. So if we can get guys to just. So this is super preventable. Yeah. You catch it. And the thing that like with my grandpa though, is like he, he was very, he lived a very healthy life. He ran, he jogged multiple miles till he was 80 years old. No shit. Um, He didn't get prostate cancer until he was almost 90, which is, I think it's just a complete and utter bullshit because, like, come on, God, you're going to kid me right now? 30 years in a fire alarm office. He's also a, a, a veteran, too, and, and you're not going to just let him live his life. Oh, you're going you're gonna to kick his ass at the very end of his life? Like, come on, He got dude. prostate cancer at 90 years old? No, almost. No, he was in his 80s, and I, I, was, I just thought that was so unfair. I'm like, come on, dude. Come on. Who, was the, who in their right mind is giving this guy cancer? Yeah. That, it's just but, terrible. I mean, has horrible as that is if you had to get it i think for me i would rather get it then yeah I, right I, I, yeah how about how about not get it like i ultimately that's the best answer yeah but if i'm gonna get it no matter what and he's tough me, he's a he's always been well that's that's a whole a tough little sob that generation entire. is a different oh yeah he's they weren't making people like that anymore i oh, know he's you know we had guys like uh Leo Cox in here sat right where you are, Mike. And I asked him, uh, you know, about getting hurt on the job. And he's like, ah, no, not really. And I'm like, I'm asking you because I know 
your story. He's like, oh, yeah. He basically was being barbecued over a fire. He was hanging on. The floor left. And yeah. And then he had a heart attack. And I'm like, that's not. And he's like, eh, you know, eh, I guess I was hurt. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about, Leo? You know, Leo's in his 80s now. I'm no doctor, but I would say you're pretty hurt. <laughs> it's stuff like that. It doesn't even dawn on him that that he considers that an injury. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, you came back from that, so what what got you off the job? He's like, ah, I had a heart attack. <laughs> it's like that's that's, <laughs> that's nothing to you. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know. So but uh we also had um Shield twenty three. Um that I just yeah, I just heard about that whole organization. Yeah, so pretty cool. we had the wives in here. Um they're all uh, uh I don't wanna say I don't want to Spoil the podcast, but if you haven't listened, but we had two widows, and they're they're talking about the progression of their husband's cancer, and they start saying, "Yeah, he started feeling like this. He started doing that." And the one wife, uh, her husband was a big CrossFitter, had his shoulders were sore, and I'm sitting here, and every time they gave a symptom, or I'm like. I have that. My shoulders hurt me. You know, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I think I feel a lump there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I was super tired yesterday. You know, going through. Self-diagnosis, every, yeah. Yeah. Every, every, I do that all the time to myself. Like, right. And, I, I, you know, I was telling these to the wives, and, they, you know, they were laughing about it. But do you know anything, like, specific to prostate cancer or that somebody can should be aware of like if they started feeling this way or they felt something like that they definitely need to go get get checked out i know the increased urination is like i think one of the it's one of those ones that like low back pain um i i know my 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 grandpa had a very tough time like like getting up from a chair and walking and he went from like literally being like very athletic i said avid runner like had his freshly squeezed orange juice every morning he would eat, he would eat his his banana and cornflakes or whatever every morning or, or oatmeal or whatever. He was he had a set regimen. He was a very healthy guy, but then he, I I think it hit him and he just couldn't uh, get up. And then he finally got diagnosed and that was it. And he had to go to like a home health place and get taken care of because he, he was older and and, and you know right. my grandma was already gone. And did they did they operate on him? No. Yeah, he just was gonna ride it out. Just gonna see what's gonna happen and. Roll with it and see what, what he does. So, yeah. and then he got diagnosed with it, and then that was that was about it. I think that's when they found it. When he went to the home health place is when he got diagnosed. So, yeah, but uh, it was cl- it was nice because he was close, so we can all yeah. go there and make sure he was okay and visit him and stuff, and just sit there and talk with him, and which was which was great for me. I mean, I would come in after work a lot. Hey, did you catch one? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Grandpa Colin. He goes, he goes, all right. I'm not leaving. Start from the beginning, <laughs> and he loved it because he was a he was a gigantic fan back in the day. This is when like fanning was a cool thing to do. Like, believe it or not, it was a cool thing to do. <laughs> and back when my grandpa was trying to get on the fire department, this is why he became a dispatcher and became chief of the whole arm office was because well, on the Inglewood side, I should say, he only did that because he couldn't get on the fire department because they had a height requirement back in the day. Right. You had to be 
He had to be like six foot. James Joyce was just talking about yeah. that. He had to be six foot or six well, one. Do you know what he said about these height requirements? I know. Sorry. Yeah. Do you, do you see me? I'm not even. I couldn't even touch six one. Well, he said that there that there was a height requirement and a weight requirement, and I might have met the weight requirement. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like. Look at our department. Everybody's over 200 pounds. Yeah. And he said, well, that's not what they were doing. They were saying, like, every fifth guy was ineligible. They would um. go through the ranks and be like, yeah, they, every fifth guy. And he, so he, it wasn't that he actually was, you know, under height or overweight. He probably was one of the guys who got picked out. Like, What were the parameters? What were the parameters they were supposed to be within? I think it was six under, foot. under 200 pounds, and I don't think it was six foot. But he, he never, uh, James Joyce never gave the numbers. But when he, he was like, because yeah. originally he got passed over. Maybe it was, five, maybe it was 5'10. I, I know because I me, I, I know my, my grandpa didn't get it. I know my dad wouldn't have gotten it, and I wouldn't have gotten it. So, 0 for 3. <laughs> well, I think by the time you got on, I think that, um, like the, especially Chicago, had changed so much that those requirements really can't be put on. Oh, those were those were dumped a long time ago. Because, yeah. like I said, like my my day came on in eighty eighty seven, and he took the test in I think eighty five or eighty six, and uh, he they they didn't have those as a as a requirement because obviously he wouldn't have been. Retired as a fireman because he would never have yeah. met right, that yeah. uh, that requirement. Maybe five nine or five ten. I, I can't remember. I don't know. It was something stupid. Yeah. Well, he he, Commissioner Joyce actually alluded to the fact that it was some some shady shit going on about those requirements. Oh, I bet. So, but you know now we're a unionized department yeah. and we have you know proper gear, <laughs> proper gear. Um, I mean, just think about the guys who were, I mean, and your dad's probably in this group, the guys who just had the three quarter length and rubber boots. I was just talking about today. Uh, he had a, you see these, you see these photos of these guys in jeans, yeah, boots and what all these old timers refer to as a raincoat. Yeah. So it's a, it's a three quarter coat with three quarter boots. And then the only thing that protected your, your body from the heat from going up above your waist was truckman's belt and yeah. even that didn't work very well and then my dad was saying he goes they didn't even issue us gloves in the, in the very beginning so they had to go and get like their own gloves so they all got like these nice big rubber gloves that well that's like, what that's what commissioner joyce said yeah. it's like you got rubber gloves yeah rubber gloves yeah not like you know not like you're like the the i'm gonna scrub the sink rubber gloves like no they were like they were durable but you had to go get them like now it's like whatever you need they had no hoods their their helmets weighed about like Five pounds, maybe now they're like 12, 13 pounds, something like that. I don't know. But it's, it wasn't like there was no durability to it. It was just like, here you go. Here's this, this, and this. Go fight that fire. And if you want to wear your mask, you you can. You don't have to. Like, right. holy shit. But back when you got a mask. Yeah. Back when they had masks. Yeah. Because for the longest time on the Chicago Fire Department, there was no such thing as a hood, no such thing as a mask. Oh, primitive. And I, I, I talked about this on a previous podcast that if everybody should go, you can YouTube the Paxton Hotel fire. My dad was there. Was he? No shit. Yes, he was. So we definitely 
have to have your dad on. Yeah. You you offered your dad up to me before, and I said we're having him in. So sorry, Dad. You you're in. Yeah, you got to. You see best. videos of some guys in turnout gear, in and you're right. I, I brought that up to somebody, and they said, "Well, those are the squad guys, and that they were experimenting with bunker gear at the I've time." I've seen footage of that, and they're in of uh, that uh, the of yellow. That fire. Yeah, it was it's crazy. Not, it's not the black gear. It's like the yellow. It's the yellow one, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, who the fuck are these guys? And you know who had it the most, too? I think the Chiefs were the ones that got it issued first, and then they worked there from the top down, which yeah, well, it make, went, it makes didn't make much it, sense. It went or to the Chiefs, to the squad, the squad, squad guys. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah, the yeah. squad guys, for sure, because I asked, who did I, I asked, um, I think I asked Jim Stedman about it, and he was like, yeah, they, uh, or uh, Pete Van Dort. Okay. When Pete was in here, I asked him about because then he, he he's said, my, old, my my first battalion chief. Yeah. Awesome guy. Awesome. And another Vandorf just retired. And another Vandorf just retired. But he said, hey, he goes and do, does these lectures, and fuck if I can't remember what the fuck the year was, but he said, hey, when do you think we got bunker gear? And everybody's like, you know, the 70s or whatever. And he, if you look it up real quick, you'd be shocked at what year it actually is. Like that everybody got issued bunker gear or Chicago or just Chicago. Yeah. Cause I can find out for you. It was it during your career where they, uh, uh, Chicago fire department transitioned to bunker gear. Yeah, like when I was a battalion chief, 2006 or yeah. something like that. When you tell people outside of Chicago, that's, you know, I, I, I teach a lot. I, all over the country, I lecture, really. And uh, depending on how the conversation and what we're talking about, I'll, I'll ask them, do you, you know, give me a guess. When did Chicago transition to bunker gear? And, you know, they're all in the 19-somethings, yeah. of course. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 2006. Well, if you, uh, one of the... Um, greatest videos I've seen regarding the fire service was video from the Paxton fire, mm -hmm. um, uh, Paxton hotel fire. And you see the guys, differences. Yeah, There's, guys in bunker gear. Yeah. yeah. And so. when I first saw it, I was like, what? I don't understand what's going on. Are so, these guys mutual aid? Like no, what's going so, on? So this is Chicago would do this a lot during my career. And they're probably still doing it. Right. They test things. Oh, yeah. we're, we're testing it. We're testing. And they were testing out with the squad, right? They tested right? it for 20 years, right? So they every once in a while, they'd issue a bunch of this stuff to the squad. And, and then, you know, we're testing it. We'll get the reports back. And, it, you know, it's just a bureaucratic because yeah. they didn't want to jump on it. You know, And they weren't the only fire department. A lot of fire departments dragged their feet. But Chicago dragged their feet longer than most people did. Um, Do you remember but, people talking about that fire? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew. So I didn't know him really well at the time. But Ray Hoff was the first in truck officer, truck tender. And I worked for Ray. Subsequently, he was the chief of the 4th Battalion when I was Captain Engine 23. Um, so I got to talk to him a lot about a lot of things in Paxson Hotel. Was, the, the, um, he, t he actually talked to you about that fire? Yeah. Well, like, give us some... some so, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to speak for Ray, and he's not here to speak for himself anymore and, and everybody else. But, but it's a good, you they, know, for other people to they, hear. They did what they had to do. That the, For me, the lesson, and I wouldn't say... Even after that, in the aftermath of that fire, the lesson didn't come out, um, I, don't, I don't think, because of just how everything went down. Uh, but it took a long time for the first line to get stretched. And you, and you, can, you can see why, right, when you see that video. Yeah. I mean, everywhere you look, there's somebody else at a...
But mm. find that out because he talked about it and he that's like a big thing when he does his lectures because he goes all over the place and does these lectures and people are shocked when they find out that it wasn't until like in i think he was saying in the 2000s or no that can't be right yes it is is it really mm-hmm. um i just texted my dad right now so hopefully <laughs> oh, yeah. hopefully he's sitting by his phone right now and and he'll uh, answer me but he's like everybody always says like you know the 80s but it's I'm actually going to text all. my mom, too. Like, hey, ask Dad when he got uh, bug gear. <laughs> Why? <laughs> mom, I'm on a podcast. Go grab Dad. Yeah. But uh, when you watch that, that uh, the video of that fire. Oh, the Paxman Hotel? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's fucking heartbreaking. It's terrible. It is terrible. And um, there's t- somebody was telling me a story about... Um, uh, uh, Ray Hoff was at that fire. There was a uh, there he was, was like first truck there. Or something there was like, like an an array of terrible um, building violations written up on that place. Sure. And if you know about that place, that place was like a like uh, it's like a SRO a halfway house. It was just it, a it was it was the perfect storm for a disaster. And you have people. Looking through the bars because all the windows had like yeah they burglar were bars. burglar bars they were yeah. they were like reaching out they're reaching mm-hmm. and the story that I heard is that um, that Ray Roscoe told his guys I want you to put a ladder to this window put a ladder to that window put a ladder to that window and don't move until I tell you to move and later on he'll explain to um, other people that. He did that so that his guys didn't have to make the decision on who was going to live and who wasn't going to make it because you couldn't get through those burglar bars for every single window. God. And the fact that he had that foresight to take that burden off his guys, and when you see this video, like people are in those windows with those burglar bars and they are not getting out. No. It's fucking <clears throat> heartbreaking. But It is. It's terrible. It's it, it, But, like, that's how shitty that building was is they they had to have border bars that high up yeah because people were breaking in that high up and that's terrible uh it's it's uh it's and, a very unfortunate the, thing um and those are those are tough to get out you know yeah i mean how would you get those off right now uh so uh an old timer taught me that if you can get a good swing on a burglar bar cuz they're only into the grout of the bricks. They're in, they're into the the masonry of the bricks, but it's not in the brick itself. It's in the seam. Right? It's in the seam. Yeah. yeah. So you can take the pick of your axe and swing as hard as you fucking can. And if you can get behind that, because there's a little lip that goes, because it's like the screws here and there's a little lip, but it's it's married up to that that like, I'll I'll call it like the the tuck pointing line. So like it's not grout, but it's like you know what yeah. tuck pointers use. So. Um, and everybody's probably going to be like, it's, it's called this, you dumb asshole. <laughs> you know, building construction for shit. Yeah, so it's like, you if you could bury your pick, your axe, because, again, this is an old-time story that my dad told me. His, his name, his last name was Jaslowski. My dad said he can get into anything, anywhere, and anytime with a pickaxe. And he said he watched this guy rescue people 
out of burglar bars and just by burying, swinging as hard as he can and burying the pick of his axe right on that lip and then putting it behind it and popping it. And he says he, he was sending those screws flying everywhere. And, he's, and, he, and he did it like nothing, absolutely nothing. He said he, he, he rescued people from, he rescued a whole bar of people because they threw a, uh, I guess some guy got kicked out and they threw a, uh, a Molotov cocktail to the, through the, the window or whatever. And there was like six or seven people in this bar and he closed the scissor gate so this guy couldn't get back in. He couldn't get it back out because he, I, I don't know if he got knocked out or whatever happened. But there, he said there's there's arms reaching out and Jazz is like, "All right, Jazz, I got you. Don't worry about it." And he and he said he boom 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 popped it, came out and he goes he, and 14, 12, 14 people just tumbled out of this bar, and he said he goes that guy is a certified hero and he and he wouldn't say a damn word about it. But he said that's what he did. He buried the pick of his axe in there, and he popped it and and it comes right out. And I was like, okay, well, have you tried it? I did it actually. Uh, not too long ago, this summer, there were burglar bars on a, we had, we had two garages and a house and it was, it was in 109 still. And we, I somehow found a, uh, a little ladder to put up, it was like a little a, a frame ladder. <laughs> and I was like, well, they have burglar bars. I don't know if people are in here, but they're boarded up. So, and one by one, I, I just swung as hard as I could and I broke it apart. So like, you know, I didn't get it in the first swing, but this guy was just a master of his craft. <laughs> you but had for, a new appreciation oh, for this guy was, when you had to take a swing. Yeah, and it was like 92 degrees outside. So I was, you know, it's <laughs> taking the outdoor beating. Yeah, but but I, I did. I, I got him open, and then we pulled him across, and then the other two popped off, and then we moved over to the next one. So you got to take the two and open it up like a, just like just a swing door. Swing it like a door. Yeah. Because yeah. the other two will, will eventually will either bend so you can get it open. Or you can just get somebody out because you're, you're, you're bending those. Yeah. But if you need to, thankfully there was nobody like hanging out the windows and stuff. It was just because the chief goes, Hey, get these burglar bars off. And I'm like, well, shit, well shit. now you got <laughs> the VPS yeah, and yeah. all yeah. kinds of shit. And now you have to bring the saw and everything. Yeah. Like, you know, these, these little, these little grinders that we have too are, are, are very nice as well. Probably wish I should have used that, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 this is what well, I had. Well, if you had the grinder, would you have rather used the grinder or it seemed like the axe way worked pretty well? Uh, yeah, I, I had to take a couple swings, but I, I got it open. I mean, it, and I went to the next one, and then all of a sudden, he's like, no, the fire's over here. And I'm like, oh, Shit. thank God, there's three more bars, and I don't want to take them off. <laughs> but we went upstairs and got everything taken care of, and it was great. Well, you know what we failed to talk about? We failed to talk about Jenny's first fire when she yeah. crossed over. Yeah. Don't look at me like that, oh, no, young man. lady. Come on. We all remember our first fire. Mine was at 15th and Harding, my first fire. Everybody already heard that one. It's your turn. Oh. Why? Why are you hesitant? I don't know. Um. How, many, how, how many days out of the academy before you got your first fire? It was a, it was a little bit. Yeah? Because I was mm -hmm. at 18 first. So I think we had like, you know, like autos, you know, a few autos and stuff. But I know they used to get a lot of fires over there, but now not really too much, which you would think there would be more for all those like row houses behind there. Yeah. But I, I think I was, you know, been like at a few, but the first one I had like detail, I was detailed to 123, you know, <laughs> for the day. So... Two really great guys and were you on the pipe? No, 
Oh, I was detailed from 18. I was with uh, So nobody's going to let you near that thing. <laughs> oh, for washdown, you know. But, <laughs> for washdown. But no, it was great. I mean, it was great. Those guys were great. It was uh, Eric Mason was on the hydrant, and he's fantastic. He's a lieutenant in the first now. And A-Rod, who used to be on the engine, I was on the tower. But it was great, you know, and it was just, like, exciting. Yeah. Because you know, you're not at 18, and you're there for the day. And these guys know what they're doing, and they're, you know, showing you everything. But it's, you know... So it was a, a whole different. It was a big experience. learning experience. Your first fire, just, definitely. Just yeah. watching these guys who knew what they were doing. Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay. You know, That's how do I this, do that. You do that. Yeah, and it's, you know, when you're not, because so many people, you think about it, that crossover or that even get on this job. You know, a lot of them were firemen in the burbs, or they just ha- are fans and they know all this stuff. Yeah. And when you're one of these people that, you well, know, knew stuff but not, I guess, applying it would probably be yeah, the right word. You know. You know, you went to the academy, so in theory, you should know how to do all this stuff, right? Right, right, yeah. But you, in theory, is very different than when, yeah. you know, kind and of. And you can mess up in the, the academy tools together, you know? of course, right? You know, but then you just, you know, you like like he always talks about, you know, his dad tells him stories, uh, you know, about guys he learned from, and then his dad taught him stuff, and you know, that's the appreciation of appreciation of the guys with time. To teach you the stuff, and then hopefully you learn enough. Were to you teach. with guys that actually took the time? Yeah. With oh you? yeah. 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 They were great. They were great. You know, and it's just like, oh, do this or oh, do that. You know, because you, you know, you're excited. Everybody's excited when they're, you know, it's their first fire and their first, you know, well, everything. And there's just so much going on. Organized chaos. Yep. Right. Have right. you had any negative experiences of being a female in the fire service? Some you know. It's it's always going to be, you know, you're kind of proving yourself everywhere you go. It's just what it is. But do you, I mean, everybody has to do that, but do you think you have to do it even more? Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. You know, and that's probably a conversation for another day of reasons (laughs) that that happens. But it's, you know, it's part of it. And I don't, I'll never be someone that's like angry about that. Absolutely not. You know, I get it. You know, I'm choosing to do this job and I had to learn how to do this job, and I'm smaller than all of you guys, but I want you to know that when I come here, I can, and I will, you know, so, but. Thanks, G.I. Jane. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, it's, I mean, it's a reality. It's just a reality with that, but, you know, you put the work in, and, you know. It's very well said. So. Mike, you, <laughs> do you see a difference since the time that you've been on with females coming on? You see the, the change in attitudes or the, we're becoming a more acceptable department? Yeah, I mean, I, I do. It's 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 because, like, you know, it's it's something that a lot of guys need to, like, grasp because it, it's it's here. They're, the females are going to get on our job whether you like yeah. it or not. So you can either you can either be a total dick about it and be like, well, they don't belong here. Or you can try to teach them something. I mean, whatever. Or work with them or whatever you got to do. But like you know, it's and yeah, and, and I'm not going to lie to you. There, there are some females in this job that I absolutely love to work with, and there's some females in the job that I absolutely do not want to work with. So same with guys. Same with it, guys. But same right. with guys. And I, you right. just and you both stole the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. And there's a lot of women that I rather work with than some dudes on this job. So it's sure. like you know, it all goes hand in hand. It, it's all like you know, put in the work. You put in what you want to get out of it. You you want to you, you want to make this job your own. Then you do what you have to do for it. And yeah, we all have, we all have our our lazy days and our shit days and this and that, whatever. But like, 
you pick it up the next day or you you pick it up in the second half of the day. Like go, go take your safety nap and then get up and start doing something like whatever, or, or bust your ass in the beginning of the day and then earn that. And you know, like, it's just, it's whatever. And, and, and everybody, and I speak for myself too, everybody falls victim to it as well. But like, you know, back to what we're saying is that like, and you guys both said it the same way and you literally took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> There's a lot of dudes in this shop. I don't want to work with either. So it's like, but it's, it, it, I think it comes back Vince to like what we were kind of talking about earlier before this, like the, the old timers and the new age, you know, and this kind of like blending of this stuff together. Like, yeah, there were times there were no women in the firehouse. Now there are, and you either have the choice to accept it and teach them or don't. And they're, there are both people you work with. You have the ones that, that are going to not do that, and you know what? They're on their way out, and that's fine, but it's also what kind of place do you want to leave behind? Like That's the way I look at that. Yeah. You know, If you have someone that maybe isn't going to be as strong as someone else or as you know, fast or as good, and they're willing to learn, that's something you can't you should appreciate because they want to do it. So don't defeat them. Like, don't take that away from them. Mm -hmm. They can learn it. They will learn it. Yeah. You know, experience comes with time. But if they have that drive to do it, take them and teach them everything. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Well, I, I just think that we've actually come a long way. And I, I'm able to see, see it. I, I, and I think the, Guys who are shitty toward women are starting to um, be outnumbered, oh, and, yeah. I, and I think that we are getting a lot of strong, capable women who are coming on the job who right. are like kind of in the, putting these guys in their place. Like, hey, before you start shitting on me, at least let me prove myself. Right. Like, if I shit the bed and I suck then it wasn't because I was a woman or it was because I, because I sucked or right. I wasn't trained or I didn't know. Or you make a mistake because everybody yeah. does, you know, yeah. and that's okay. But it's, you know, like I said, you want to get in there and you want to do the work. Appreciate that the people want to get in there and do the work, yeah. you know. it's Well, the, um, I, there's also a thing going on right now, and this is across the whole fire service. Like, we are short paramedics. Right. across the board right. and there are departments out there now and I'm, I'm seeing it all the time that you know I don't know if you guys uh, were were trying to get hired on if you were testing everywhere before you got on the city but before you'd go out for a test and there'd be 2,000 guys right yeah at a consortium or at one department now you're having eight guys show up yeah, yeah. for a test yeah. or uh, they're now dropping uh, most of the, the departments that were, you had to be a paramedic. The requirements. All, were, yeah. like, that was a condition of employment for the suburbs. Yeah. Almost. All across the board, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. And now they're, like, <clears throat> hire on, we'll give you a year. You'll Once you get hired, you got a year to get your medic license. But, like, what do you think's going on here that, that, we're not getting any more qualified applicants for this job. Yeah, the numbers are dropping. Like, and, and it's not just like the suburbs, and it's not just the city. It's like it's it's the whole country. It's across the country. Yeah, yeah. It's just that these these kids nowadays they don't want to. 
I mean, it, I'm going to sound like uh, some old prick right now. It's like, <laughs> these kids don't want to get their hands dirty. Like, no, it, it really is because everything is based off of a computer. They know that they could sit at home and make money. And more power to them. Like, absolutely. You want, if you can be a millionaire and, and sit at home and, and teach me, because I, 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 like, I like another side job. Yeah, it's I cool with me. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, like, even when I, like, speaking of side jobs, I work in Westmont as a fireman part-time. You and still do? He had, to give, still the, do. He had to give the Westmont plug right there. Yeah, he's going to wait. Oh, come on, I have come to. On. Give not? it to him. Why give not? it to him. Why not? <laughs> but, like, like, I was talking to, when I came on, uh, I usually came on during COVID, because, like, I lost a lot of my my side jobs and stuff like that, and they closed down, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to wait. Like, you know, wait for them to just to decide, oh, well, I guess we're going to open up now. No, get out of here. So I left, and this opportunity fell on my lap, and I'm like, well, I'll take it. That's fine. So I walked in, and there was only like, like I don't know, like 15 guys. <laughs> and I asked the chief at the end, I'm like, I'm like, is this normal? He goes, no, no, it's like 30, 40, and this is not what we were expecting. And then the, the numbers have been declining since then. And it's, it's very odd, but like nobody wants to do a blue collar work no more. No. And then that's, their, yeah. their turnover is, is, is getting, and it's not just them. It's just like, it's a lot of places, but like they don't want to do it. And like, I mean, now that like weeds legal now, like <laughs> no, nobody wants to go to a job. It's just, Hey, you gotta take a drug test. Like, well, Fuck that. Yeah, well, right. I'm glad you brought that up because our sponsors. No, we're not. No, I can't smoke a joint. I'm sorry. I'm going to do it. Here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that's for you. That's for you. And I don't know who wants to take this one, but that's a gift. Our One of our sponsors, Rescue One CBD, sent it uh, to us to give to you guys. Oh, oh. awesome. So, Thank you. I wanted to uh, give that. You guys got the pain reliever, the roll-on pain reliever, and you got the uh, the drops. So, Jen, you want to do a shot of this or no? Yeah, we should. Oh, that's sick. oh, that's the stuff that's like THC free and yeah, zero point zero 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 percent THC free. It's uh, cool. like a so it goes under your tongue. Dropper. Yeah, yeah. Um, sublingual. I learned that EMT <laughs> school. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's usually where they put so the that, nitros for that's the for chest. you guys. Um, thanks to our sponsor. But that also reminded me, Jenny, and I'm glad that I remembered because of that cocktail that Mike made me. <laughs> but an, you have you did an amazing thing recently with your nephew. Oh, okay. oh, absolutely! How could we get go? We almost let that slide, Mike. I, I don't know why gonna... we did. I mean, <laughs> we're we are in the midst of a certified. Mo- Hero, right? Now. An angel, oh, if you will. Yeah, yeah you know, I'll go angel. An, an, an angel. So, Stats. not only the princess of the West Side, selfless action. Le- it's legit it's, angel. So that's guts. That's guts. I, so, I, don't, I don't. I don't know if anybody in, in the whole entire world would would do that, but that's that's number one. That's that's big time. So your heart is. We're the size having of this a cocktail table. here, and there are five kidneys. Is that correct? Yeah. Five kidneys amongst us. Yeah. And. Tell everybody why that is. Really putting me on the spot. I, yeah, That's what we you, do. You never heard this podcast? Mm-hmm. I was hoping I was going to dodge no, that. No. Are you kidding? So I... um. Right after that, you can plug Stash Bash. Okay. All right. <laughs> I So I my nephew um, was born in March of 2019, and he was born with a syndrome called Bacterial Syndrome. So essentially, it's like one in... 
want to say the numbers like one in every like 40,000 births or something. I mean, it's really rare. So like his trachea and his esophagus were fused together. He had... Um, really? I didn't know that was a, yeah. a, a, a symptom of that, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was born with one kidney and it was in complete failure, a bunch of other things, but his kidney was only going to function at the highest at like 10%. And the other one just never, never formed. So... We knew, um, you know, things were not good. They were bleak. When my sister, you know, had him, they said he he may not even make it. Like, get ready. You know, it's going to be three days. Maybe this this kid's going to make it. And you're like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, my God. And so he did. You know, he made it. He had several surgeries. He had, you know, he's got a lot of other things going on. Like, he's got the G-tube. He's got all of that stuff. But the kidney was the big one. And we were hoping he was going to be able to get older. And, uh we ended up doing all the testing to see who was a match. My sister was not the match, and his dad and I were both the match, and I ended up being an even better match. So he ended up, he was just a little bit before, right after three, he, um, or right after two, he was on dialysis, and, Mm. like, the kid's dialysis center is just, oh, my gosh. You're just like, this is terrible. This is, you know, so... We've done all the tests. Two? Now he'll be his God. Now he's almost. He'll be four in March. Okay. So, you know, long story short, we you know you, you the gave match him and you yeah, gave him your kidney. Gave him my kidney, and this guy. I mean, and he my, like my question about that is, I would think that your kidney would be significantly bigger, right? You learn so much about this. So these kids, if you donate to a child, they have to be a certain height and weight to receive an adult kidney, and once they get to that point. Um, they can, you know, they'll adjust <coughs> and it'll grow to them and they'll grow, you know, and just like mine, the one I have left will end up getting bigger to kind of support me. To compensate. Know, just right. like your heart. Right. Oh, so <laughs> he, but he, um, it was crazy. He, you know, you see this kid and he's, you know, Johnny's his name and he, you know, you'd see Johnny and he would just be like, you know, this almost like grayish color and you're like this poor guy and then he'd just be at dialysis watching his iPad and then we were like, okay, we're going to do the surgery and before they even stitched him back up, my kidney was working for him. No kidding. And he woke up like nothing, nothing happened. He was running around the hospital. No floor. kidding. Yeah. That's awesome. And now he's in. So his body preschool. was just waiting for that waiting kidney. Waiting for that kidney. No kidding. You know, and now he's walking, talking. He's in preschool. It's does he know? Pretty crazy. Does he, is he able to comprehend that what no. you have done for him? No. No. And, you know, I'm. There's like the part of you that's kind of glad, like I hope he never remembers all this stuff. You know, he had to do. You never want to see any kids go through it. But, but it's you guys just aren't awesome. aren't keeping it from him though, right? No. As he gets mm-hmm. old, he'll be As like, he gets oh, older. yeah, Auntie Jenny gave <laughs> gave me a kidney. Yeah, yeah. Me a kidney. But it worked out, and that's all that you know. You thought about like I just hope this works for him, and it does, and he's doing great, and yeah. you know that's all you can all you can hope for. And so. how you how do you feel after that? Good. You know, if you don't mind me asking, you know. Good. I feel good. The only thing I get occasionally is like some weird like pain, like a little pinching pain in my lower abdomen. Besides that. But it did take a little while. You know, it took months to feel like what comfortable lifting. What happens to you when you drink? Um, talking about peeing. Because I was going to ask the same question. But <laughs> thanks, Vince. Like, <laughs> Do I pee more? Do yeah, I yeah. I mean, come on. We. I, I, I'm you, fascinated. Do you get drunk? I, you know, I don't. Easier? I don't know. I I don't feel like I do. There's no, no. There's no, there's no bodily change besides the little little pinch. You don't uh, like pee no? 
twice as much as he used to. I don't think so. And I've always been one of those people, like, you know, TMI. Just I always, you know, always had to pee, but, you know, I think right. it's about the same. Nothing seems different. You couldn't even start this podcast. No, I had no. to get, you know, <laughs> one of us could well, find she the bathroom. Well, dro- she here, drove so. like six hours. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a know, long... From the, right. from the I down, Honest to God, downstate Jenny, I don't even Chicago. know where Mike went when he went to... Because he either. came back as like, yeah, I took a ride and there were hats. And I was like, I where, have where no are I, you? I <laughs> almost... I think I almost broke into somebody's apartment to go pee, but... Uh, <laughs> I thought Vince said right. Apparently, he said left, and yeah, yeah well. just, this guy's wandering around. I hope there's cameras. Yeah. And, I and, hope oh, there's cameras in that you. hallway. So there was a guy out there, and I'm like, "Hey, man, do you know where the bathroom is?" And he just kind of looked at me and just kind of like shook his head, like, "No." Yeah, and no, I'm like, "My house." Get I'm like, "Man, you are such a huge help. Thank you so much." And he came from the bathroom. What a dick! What a dick! Couldn't even help a brother out. You know? Come on. Mustache is making him nervous. Yeah, That's probably. All it was, probably. Yeah. You know, and you know, what the, you know what the funny thing was, I was nervous to ask him because he was looked a little sketch himself. So, whatever. But everything he found worked, it though. Everything Everyone worked, he worked out. out. That's right. Everything. I see him. I'm gonna call him a dick. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Jenny, you earned it. Tell us more about stash bass. Oh, hey, I have one more question. Hmm. Does the kidney look like the beans? Did you get to see your kidney? Only on a like ultrasound, but were not you, like were live. Were you out? Did they were it general anesthesia? Were you completely out? Oh, completely out. Yeah. Those look like the beans. Could you imagine keeping you like awake for that? Those look like a kidney bean. Yes. Really? I'm just telling so you got to you got to see like. Can a you still eat chili after? Huh? Yeah, it makes me uncomfortable. To eat chili? <laughs> Do you pick them out? <laughs> I have like trauma. Yeah. <laughs> Chili trauma. Oh. Well, and Sear, don't make chili when uh, Jenny's <laughs> working right. Could you imagine if if Mike Manchester was your only match for your kidney? Oh, my God, yeah. Could you imagine that? They'd probably be it swollen. Work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, ah. Oh. they ring it out it's got a it it's in. got yeah. a big like it's got a miller sign on it from miller yeah. light it's got like a tap lights up. Miller yeah. time. It's, got a, it's got a tap on it's it it's got a miller time on there <laughs> it's it all we got l-i-t-e <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome all right jenny tell us one last time about the stash bass stash this is this bass. is this has been an hour and 28 minute commercial that's what i want right. for the stash bass i want everybody to go to the stash bass Everybody like what, come and tell to the them stash like what, what, what like there's prizes you there's guys giving prizes. out gifts and stuff like meat that. raffle there's yeah, a meat the raffle meat raffle that's anyway. the highlight and uh, it really is that was Corey's college nickname meat raffle meat raffle <laughs> <laughs> see he does that to me every time and see if he's not here so I like right that. back at you kid but yeah you know it's 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 a great party and you know everyone's welcome to come you can judge some mustaches but that's like not even what are the some of the stuff part. that are going to be at the silent auction um usually it's a bunch of like sports memorabilia there's some sort of taylor swift memorabilia that should probably get people it's not our that tickets from, that's that for from sure mike's personal collection it is it is he donated that he did he's it was really good. hard actually to pry it from he's his a good guy i pulled hands. my third one off my wall <laughs> you know? in my in my man cave well you had me at at meat raffle like what's on that I'll see Where what you we're getting, getting this year from Winningham's. Oh, really? Yeah. So we did it. So you, you, you're going to walk year. out. Are you going to walk out? Is it physically going to be there? Do you it'll, walk out? It'll be that you will walk out with your meat. Are oh, you yeah. serious? Meat yeah. in hand. Oh, mm-hmm. This is yeah. going to be a good one, fellas. 
Yeah. It's meat in hand. Meat in hand. I mean, sausages, like a roast. What do we have? Like turkeys? The one? Oh, hams. We had a bunch of hams. Yeah, that a lot one of hams. Year. A lot of hams. A lot of hams, a lot of sausages, yeah. And then the Stashley Cup, you know, the coveted Stashley Cup. You can mm-hmm. get your name engraved on there. So the Bottle s- of the Malort. Sergio hold it? or Mike. Mike oh, had it. Okay. So we had to repair it, though, because Mike... Dropped it so. in a drunken stupor. And, yeah, he did. It's so like when the de- is it like the Stanley Cup where it just travels yes. around? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yes. like when it, when the when the Stanley Cup got dented. Yeah. This oh. Got, yeah. We have to talk about the the biggest prize probably of the night though. The, the bottle last of Malort. Place, the bottle yeah. of Malort. Yeah. One bottle of Malort. One bottle of Malort that's, goes to the already, worst mustache in much. the joint. It is. <laughs> it is. Worst mustache in the joint. But it's a Chicago staple. It is. It is Malort. Much like a mustache. Yeah. I think that would be like the runner-up first place. Like you're not second place, but you're not first place. You're like it Malort, should be. It's so place. close. Malort place. Malort place. Like has the second city. No. Yeah. Second city. You're, it should be. I think we got to change that. You are called the trash stash. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. You know, we like that. We are yeah. reinventing the trash stash. stash. Right so okay, here. that you heard it here first. Whoever has the worst one in the place is the trash stash. Trash stash. <laughs> and you got a bottle more. I just coined it right now, so I it's like official. It. Write that down. Yeah. All right. Well, down. any last words, uh, Michael Manchester? This was a lot of fun. I yeah, like doing thanks this. For this is us. good stuff. Very few have. Two appearances on this podcast. I feel blessed. Because we're so, like, still so new. I feel blessed. <laughs> but we will, it's going to keep going because we're going to have you guys on every year. I hope so. so it's we'll, great. Yeah. This is awesome. You guys Hopefully not any more epidemics or sicknesses <laughs> yeah, let's, or let's diseases or locusts, yeah. like, you know, yeah, whatever. What about you, Jenny? Any last words? Just, you know, come on out Sunday night. It's a great time. You won't right. be disappointed. You still got uh, Slogo's uh, credit card information? I might. Yeah. I might. He should leave a nice We're going to put his information on the big screen at uh, Stash Bash. So come on out <laughs> and order all the chocolate buttholes you want. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fill order up on strangers. And the only one the who could prevent free. it from going on the screen is Slogo himself. Slogo himself. Yeah. So he better show. He better show up. Better all right. Show up. 3506 North Clark Street. And that is going to be uh, Sunday, November 27th. 27th. Yep. Right? And the doors open at 7 o'clock? They open at 7 o'clock. I mean, the you doors are always open. Earlier, you can get yeah. there earlier as you want. Yeah. And then what What else is, is nice is that, like, the people of Old Crow, they love us so much is that they normally give us a little extra time to hang out. You know what I'm saying? I do. So, Come on out. I mean, yeah, even though Support it's the 7th. Support too. They're really excited. And, you you're, you're, you're building your own destiny when you're coming to this show. <laughs> you're, you're building your own destiny. So it's like, I know it's this 7 to 10, but it could be from 7 to like 10 a.m. Yeah. Like, whatever yeah. you guys want to do. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Like, and Come see somebody you haven't seen in years. Exactly. they will be there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Pipes and drums are coming. What else do we got? Pipes and drums are there. Yeah. It's... Basically, DJ, it's it is the dance part, the late night dance party. Oh, late night yeah. dance party is just a treat. It's just a treat, and it's like the <laughs> ice. Meet on your the cake. future ex husband or wife there. You, you know? could, yeah, yeah. I love it. All right, it's, nothing says like stash bash like a future alimony. You know? <laughs> See? Yeah. Yeah, whatever, and child support. And child <laughs> support. <laughs> All right. So on that note, cheers, Mike. Thanks cheers. for coming in. Cheers, cheers, Vince. Jenny. Thank you. Thank you so cheers much to your for kidney. having us. Thank you. Cheers to your partnership. To your partnership. All right. Thanks again, guys. That was Chicago's Bravest Stories.
the opinions and views are that of Chicago's bravest stories and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, or law enforcement organizations. Chicago's Bravest Stories is also brought to you by Illuminated Brewworks, located at 6186 North, Northwest Highway, next to the car wash. This place, obviously, one of our favorite joints. Uh, you, you guys can make sure to uh, find them on their website, ibw-chicago.com, Illuminated Brewworks, ibw-chicago.com. When's their trivia night? Tuesday is trivia night at Illuminated Brewworks. Yeah. Also, if you want to try some of these beers, they're, they're breweries right there, literally 20 feet from where you're drinking. And if you want to try something, they'll give you a flight. Uh, try a flight of beer and really get a feel for all the beer that they have in that place. And go find your favorite. Yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, there's not... I, I can't think of any beer off the top of my head that I've gone in there that I've hated. I mean, everything's awesome. Yeah, so. we've crawled out of that place, man. <laughs> we've crawled out of that place. It's so good. And, and we will again soon. Yeah. So, Illuminated Brew Works. <laughs>